Well, hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of AR-15s with your favorite podcast, Manly Men in the Whole Entire Flat Plane, Alex and Raul. Um, we're back again. Uh, say what's up, Alex. Hey, everybody. I got to come up with a really cool like intro as well. Like, hey, everybody. I don't know. Every time I hear that, I'm like, oh man, that's not that's not what a cool guy says at the beginning of an episode. I I, I got to work on something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, hello, folks. It's kind of corny too, but hey, man, it's me. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's all, folks. Yeah. Start, start with what's up? What's up? Hey, that's a good one. No, might be able. No, I know. <laughs> it's terrible. We're just drinking Bud Light here, right? No, I don't drink that. Uh, you know what? Ever since they did that whole thing with Bud Light, bro, I haven't bought Bud Light since then. When they had that guy doing those advertisements, yeah, that's the, the that's like me. the ultimate test of your memory. It's like if Bud Light can do that, and then you go back to drinking it, you'll do anything. So, I mean, that's to me, that's my line in the sand. If they're gonna start doing like marketing crap like that. Nah, man, there's plenty of good beers out there. I don't need to drink Bud Light. Oh, yeah. It's not like Bud Light was so great that, that <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that was a line in the sand for sure. Oh, man. Hey, yeah. I, wa- I want to give a shout out to my brewery here in Cochrane, Alberta, Half Hitch Brewery. That is the best beer. So when you come and visit me, we're going to go down there and uh, I'll, I'll let you try some Canadian beer. Oh, that sounds good, man. Uh, I like Molson. I like the Moosehead. You know, those are the couple that I could think of off the top of the bat. Yeah, man, those are all terrible. No, they're all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I said all the bad ones. No, you know, I, I'm sure you guys got some awesome micro brews. That's one thing that's dope about when you guys come to New Mexico next year. Man, New Mexico is like, I don't know if we're the capital for micro breweries, but we have to be up there, bro. There's literally, they're everywhere. Yeah, and they make good there's beer. Some really, there's really good beer at the microbreweries. Oh, microbreweries are the best beer, man. Uh, we have a couple veteran-owned joints. There's this one called the the Three Seven Seven Brewery, and I guess that's the uh, local union for airplane pilots. It's by the uh, base and the airport. So literally, when you go in there, it's like top, like Top Gun type decor everywhere and stuff. And that's my jam. And a pi- yeah, and then they have a Bombs Away Brewery. It's another veteran-owned one that's close to my house over here, and uh, and then they have a, a Tractor Brewery. That that's like uh, Gabby's favorite. So yeah, there's some there's some cool ones out here. Nice, nice. Do you guys have distillery? I like. Yeah, they do. Okay, yeah, we have. Some... I like that name, Half Hitch. Though that's cool. Yeah, it's got like, uh, and they have the best names for. It. They got the Farmer's Daughter. They got uh, uh, Fire and Fury, um, Shotgun Wedding. <laughs> All their different beers are named after like farming stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, so the firmamentalists probably have noticed something that, uh, recently happened and it needs to be addressed, uh, personally with you guys. So I just want to let you know, you guys probably, uh, are aware of this pretty controversial episodes that we had, you know, um, the first one with John Kerwin wasn't so controversial, you know, the conspiracy theorist survival guide, but the second one, when we brought him on you know, kind of sent shockwaves. And I know Mr. Kerwin's been on uh, quite a few platforms, you know, talking about his um, theory of the Mandela effect, supernaturally changing the Bible. And listen, I'm not here to make up your mind for you guys. You know, we're simply just a podcast where we let people come on and talk about the things that they want to talk about. 
and we leave it up to you guys to make up your mind. I would never even throw my faith in your guys' face. I talk about it because that's just me and I'm like that in real life too. Um, but, uh, you know, we simply present information and whether you guys wish to digest it or not, that's up to you. Um, but I, I, we were warned from the very beginning that this was going to be a polarizing subject and that, you know, is going to cause a lot of, uh, is, uh, people to ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And I was fine with that, completely fine with that, you know? And, uh, so what happened in a long story short without getting too personal and I'm not attacking anybody either. Okay. Um, but I'm just letting you guys kind of know what happens because I've been getting a few emails about, you know, where did this episode go? You know, in particular, the ones with Mr. Kerwin. So let me tell you guys without spilling the beans too much, kind of what happened. So as you guys know, the the second episode came out, Mandela Effect, PSYOP or Supernatural. And it got people pretty fired up. And I think that Kerwin got a little bit deeper into the subject matter on our podcast than he had been on some of these other platforms that he went on. And, uh, you know, you even heard uh, myself, and I'm not going to speak for Alex. He can speak for himself, and I'll let him respond too, but uh, give yeah. his take on it. But uh, as far as for me, I, you know, you, I did kind of get emotional during that episode, and I did kind of probably sound like I was being, you know, um, sold. I, I you know, might have sound like I was sold on some of that stuff. But I think for me, I'm not at look, guys, like I know my Bible decently. And, you know, I read scripture and, you know, I am, I am a follower of Jesus, but I'm no theologian, man. I'm not one of these guys that's a brilliant mind like Claude or Scipio that can just recall scriptures off the top of my head. And, you know, I haven't read all these different translations and studied all, all the, you know, the various texts and I, and Aramaic and Hebrew and Greek and, and, you know, how, how it translated down, like, you know, I, I read my King James Version and I pray and I go to church. I listen to the Holy Spirit, but I'm not a theologian, okay? So when I did hear some of this stuff, you know, and, and to be honest with you, it sounded pretty vulgar, you know, but to hear like, you know, you know, Jesus having breasts and, and men drinking piss and, and you know, women with uh, laying with members, uh, you know, with members like horses and, and, uh, you know, some of that stuff is, was pretty shocking to me and took me back, you know, two men laying in one bed and this and that, you know, and, and, uh, it was pretty shocking. So my initial response, you probably heard it on the episode was, was, uh, I think one of that kind of, kind of like shock, but, um, you know, I, we aired the episode. I got a lot of emails on it and I couldn't answer all the questions, but you know, it's, it, it some people I think were, were on board with it and that's fine. It's, it's perfectly fine. People are on board with that and they think that's what's going on. That's the decision that they make for themselves. I'm not against that. Okay. And then, then there was other people that were completely taken by, back by it and they felt kind of confused. Okay. And, uh, I had another listener of the show and another ex two time guest of the show. Um, you know, uh, Scipio that, that got fired up, you know, and, and he, sent in a verbal response and we aired that one too. And I got a lot of uh, emails thanking me that it brought clarity to the situation because they felt kind of confused after the Kerwin episode. And, um, you know, uh, Kerwin, Mr. Kerwin, I, I, I respectfully let him know before I even put that episode up. I said, hey, John, I have a, a, a friend of the show. He has a response to the Mandela Effect episode. I'm going to air his, his, uh, call in a voicemail and that's what we did 
And I let him know beforehand so he could go and listen to it and formulate any response he wanted to. And, uh, you know, over a series of messages back and forth between him and myself without getting too deep into it, you know, um, it seemed like he got kind of hurt that I did that. But at the same time, I was letting him know like, hey, we aired, we gave you the chance to speak on this polarizing subject. And there's somebody who has a counterpoint and this is very polarizing. So I, I, I believe both sides need to be heard. So you got your chance to speak. Now I'm letting him speak, you know, and then let the people make up their own minds. You know, this is just a public arena giving you, you get a chance to have the mic. Now he has a chance to have the mic. I never intended it to be like some debate. Okay. It was just, here's one side. Here's the other side. You guys make up your mind. Okay. He kind of got hurt and he, he, you know, and I was very respectful with him, very respectful with him in our messages back and forth. I simply told him, Hey, you have a response back to Scipio. Go ahead and record a response and we will air it. We will air your response. You know, and he's like, No, I want to, I want to debate him. And, you know, you pulled a Mia culpa on me. And I was like, Hey, dude, look, like I have, ske- I have interviews scheduled. You know, we're moving on from this subject for now. I'm not, I'm, I'm not interested in holding some big debate forum and turning this into anything bigger than it has to be. You got a chance to speak. I let him speak. If you have a response to his response, go ahead and, and record one and we'll air it. You know, that's a fair, I think that's pretty fair. I didn't tell him no, you know, but he kind of wanted me to, um, or, or organize, a, organize a pay-per-view battle on, uh, for yeah, like, yeah, it, it, yeah, kind of, you know, and then, and then this is where I got upset and I'll tell you folks from a mentalist, I did get upset because I felt like in our messages back and forth between me and him, he said one thing to me that, that kind of ticked me off and it rubbed me the wrong way. And I'll, I'm just being honest with you without getting too personal, but he basically uh, told me I pulled a Mia culpa on him and, and he kind of insulted me and told me that I was, I was being fake and that, uh, you know, I, sh- I, I, I was in it. I, I basked in the glory of his message in life for just a short moment. And then I got plagued by the religiosity of the other side. And I, I pulled a mea culpa on him and that I needed to repent. Like I, he, he told me you need to repent. And to be honest with you guys, that really, that's where I was like, Hey dude, like sl- you need to slow your roll, dude. Like, first off, I only repented Jesus alone. You know, like, who are you to come at me and tell me, like, you need to repent? Like, bro, you need to pump the brakes. Like, I told you I would give you the chance to respond. You had your chance. You don't want to do it. You want you want me to turn into this some public debate arena and pay-per-view match on some podcast? Like, this is not what it's about. And And I told him respectfully, like, please don't send me any more messages. What's done is done. You either send your response and we'll air it. And we'll leave it at that, but I'm not interested in organizing debates and keeping this being some ongoing thing. We have other things that we want to talk about. And he kept blowing me up, dude, and sending me big old long messages. And and it was at that point I was like, please, man, stop texting me. And just I, I finally got to the point where I'll like, all right, dude, you want I, I asked you respectfully, please don't do this. You continue to do this. And sorry, but to me, to me, that wasn't a godly thing. Of, of him to, to have that kind of reaction and tell me I need to repent. Like, who are you? It ticked me off. It stroked me the wrong way. And I did. I pulled his, his episodes because I felt disrespected. Okay. So if you guys have a problem with, with that, you know, um, 
I I can understand. I still have the episode. Look, I'm not against you guys listening to it. I'm not I'm not here to make up your minds for you or tell you who's right or who's wrong. Uh, I do uh, lean more, more to one side than the other. Okay, but um, you guys can make up your own mind. If you guys are interested in having the audio file to that episode, email me. Email Claude. Uh, don't email Alex about this. He really has nothing to do with this. Um, but Claude and myself both have the audio file for that episode. If you want that episode, you reach out to us and I'll send it to you. Like you didn't get a chance to finish it. You wanted to hear him out. Look, man, I'm not against. Go ahead. Listen to it. I'll send you the audio file. But I pulled it for a reason because I felt personally disrespected by him. And if you know anything about me is like, I'm cool, bro. But And, and I spoke to you very respectfully, but I'm not going to allow some man to talk to me like that, bro. Like, <laughs> And and you may say say that sounds egotistical or whatever, dude. But you guys got to remember, I'm from the hood, and I don't I don't like, you know, you want to disrespect me, bro. I gave you the chance to speak. I asked you not to be blowing up my phone. You want to blow up my phone? You want to say all this stuff? Okay, bro. Well, then I'll just take your episodes down. That was my response. So you guys know what's going on. Just being honest about it. Yeah, I think um, the whole thing is unfortunate, and and how fast uh, how fast the snowball grew. I mean, you and me didn't even get a chance to do an AR-15 about the follow-up, which is what we wanted to do. We, I mean, I told, like, off air, I told Ro, well, I had to go for a walk that night, like, probably an hour walk at 11 o'clock at night with my wife and my dog and just, like, clear my head because that that was a very powerful episode. It was very, it was emotionally it was an emotional roller coaster to go to go on that, and yeah, there's there's a lot of confusion and and my you know I'm really grateful for my wife for if anything came of it that night was how grateful I am for my wife that she you know basically said to me like everybody's always looking for help everywhere when it so many of the answers are inside of you if you could just stop and be quiet and just listen you know, to God speak to you, you, you would hear the truth. And that, that meant a lot to me, you know, we're at, at, and it's hard. We're, we're on this truth journey and we're trying to do the best and not go down too many fake rabbit holes or, you know, jump off the main track. We're, we're trying to do the best that we can with the information that we have. I think we all are, you know, I think that's the most neutral way we can look at it we're with the information that we have we're all trying to do the best that we can in life and yeah it 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 is a shame that uh what what transpired but i mean man the ego is a the ego is a crazy thing the um the the heat that that got generated just from this last week alone it's uh you know if you know anything about human nature um it's not the most surprising thing, but it's crazy the way the devil works and how he tries to divide us. And it's too, it's really too bad that, uh, things had to go down the way they did. But I mean, I think that we're all better. I think in the end, we'll all be better for this learning experience. And, uh, you know, how, how long are we in this game, Raul? Two and a half months only. And this is, this is a great learning experience for us right away. But yeah. I totally respect Raul. I'm totally, I got his back. I mean, I'm a Kerwin fan. I'm a Scipio fan. I, I don't not like those guys, but at the same time, I respect my, my very good friend and my co-host 
that, you know, you don't cross those lines. I'm glad, I'm kind of glad it happened to Raul because I mean, I probably would have been too much of a pussy to be, to, to, uh, to do the right thing. I think Raul did the right thing. And, uh, you know, I really respect him for that. And I'm, I, I hope that one day I can be a real G like him. You know, I don't know if I did the right thing, you know? Um, and listen, I, I forgive everybody involved. Like I don't, no matter what, like even, you know, John Kerwin, you know what I mean? I don't have anything personally against him. It was just like, when I, when I asked like, Hey man, like, here's your chance, submit something in, you know? And it was like, no, you have to do this and you'd have to do that. You know, like, who are you to tell me I have to do this and I have to do that? I'm sorry. It just rubbed me the wrong way. It just rubbed me the wrong way. And, um, when once he told me that I need to repent, that's when I was like, no, dude, no. Uh, like, you know, I, I think one of the best things from this last week were, was some of the emails that we got from people. And so many people say that they like us just because we're real. And you know what? Real people do this. Real people make mistakes and real people come on and talk talk like we do right now. We're just real guys. And I, and I hope people respect us for that. I hope people like us even more for that. I mean, we're not we're not Joe Rogan's yet. I mean, it's so funny. Like I was telling Raul that Joe Rogan never reads the comments. Joe Rogan just posts and ghosts and that's that's how yeah. he that's how he keeps his sanity, right? Cuz if you hold a a compliment in as high regard as somebody coming at you and dissing you or or trolling you. I mean, we're not even that big yet. Like once once you and me, like George Hobbs always says, like once once you start getting over that target and you start catching some heat, that's when you're really going to test how how much of a man you are. And like I said, I would not, I do not have thick skin. And I'm really glad that I'm doing with this with Raul and Claude because without you guys, I probably would have like one little thing. And I probably been like, Oh God, everybody hates me. I'm out of here. But seriously, <laughs> Raul, you make, you make me stronger. You make me better. And I hope that I can do the same for you and keep you on the right path. Cause I know that I, if there's anything I am good at, it's being a neutral person. It's, it's, uh, calming things down. It's hopefully resolving things because at the end of the day, the truth community needs us all to somehow yeah, navigate these crazy ways together right and we have to discern the evil from the good and and figure out you know who who's in this for the right reasons and i i know that you and i are in it for the right reasons um yeah i mean that's well, the way i can put it well i thank you for that and from a mentalist alex was is the more neutral person like you know uh Claude is very passionate and has very, very strong convictions on, on, on subjects, but he is open-minded and I'm open-minded too, but I always tend to lean to more to, to one particular side of a belief or, you know, or a subject than, than, than the other. Alex is very neutral by nature and that's why it may, he's, his presence is so important to the show. And I thank you for that wisdom because I am the type of person like, uh, I will go look at com comments and I will get fired up and want to respond. But I think that is the best piece of advice that I could take for you. And that is something that we could learn from Joe Rogan is I think it is good to post and ghost because it, once you get to a certain number and, and I'm not saying we're, we're not huge, you know, but we're growing and our numbers are getting up there. And, and as, as they continue to grow and God willing, you know, um, they will continue to grow, but um, it's only going to become 
more prevalent that we get this kind of stuff. And to be honest with you, I don't have time to to go through all this stuff and engage in all this stuff. So I think that probably is wise. Put it out there. Uh, hate me or love me for it. That's just who I am and that's where I stand. And I understand you guys are probably, well, you pulled his episodes, you pulled his episodes. But, you know, if I felt compelled to do that because he just wouldn't stop demanding me to do things. He would, he wanted me to do things. And it's just like, you know, and, and if I wasn't going to meet his demands, I had a feeling he's probably going to tell me something anyway. So I just went ahead and took the, took it upon myself to make that choice. I didn't just do it all by myself. I said, I asked Alex and, and Claude, I said, Hey man, I'm thinking about doing this. And ultimately they, they didn't say yes or no. They just said, if you feel this is something that you want to do, then we stand behind you. And I love and respect my brothers for that. It wasn't their choice. It's mine. So if you guys want to throw heat at anybody, just throw it at me. But um, I, I was going to say, yeah. man, you and me, we take enough heat from our women and our bosses and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, we don't need to take heat from any more people. Like you and me get to be our own bosses on this thing. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I'm not, like I said, man, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about it, you know, right now. You guys know, I, this, you know, what, I'll just say, I'm going to choose it, it. It's, I'm going to choose to believe in the, the unwavering truth of God's word over it, manipulating and changing. That's my stance. Okay. You guys want to believe that the Mandela effect is supernaturally changing the Bible. I respect that too. I respect Kerwin's, I respect his, uh, opinion. Okay. Because I am not God. I'm just a mere man. Okay. So I respect your opinion. And I'm not even against you guys looking into that stuff. Go ahead, look into it. You want the episode? Hit me up. I'll send it to you. But I am not playing this stuff. Firmamental is not going to become this podcast where we just host debates for hot button subjects for people to just keep battling it out and just have the same subject matter over and over again. Yeah, I I, I do That's think it's it's kind of like we don't we don't we don't want the show to become that. We have other things that we want to talk about. And we like to have fun on this show too. You know what I mean? It doesn't always have to be serious. And I just didn't want to take it down that path any longer. So I'm pulling the plug on that one for a little while. The information's out there. You guys know where to find it. You know, you know where to find Mr. Kerwin stuff. You know where to find Scipio stuff. Whatever team you're on, Team Kerwin or Team Scipio, that's up to you guys. You know what I mean? We're just simply a show with two dudes who, who talk. But I felt a little disrespected. My personal choice to pull it down. You want the episode, hit me up. I'll send it to you because I'm not against getting the man's information out there. So whoever's listening, even on Team Kerwin or Kerwin himself, man, like, look, dude, I'm not against you going around saying what you got to say, because ultimately when it comes down to it, we need to make all those decisions for ourselves and our own souls. But I really got it really just rubbed me the wrong way for somebody to tell me like, no, you're wrong and you need to repent. Like, what? Like, I don't play that, dude. I'm sorry, man. I just, I got, I did get her. I did get her. Maybe it is a little egotistical on my behalf, but I really felt too, man. A lot of people were, uh, were sending me messages, messages about feeling confused. And I don't want to have that on my conscience that, that I'm getting people confused. So let's just clear, let's clear it all out. Let's air it all out. This is the way I'm going to do it. Um, you want that? I'll send it to you. Other than that, for now. I'm just walking away from this. I'm not even against who knows what will happen down the line in the future. I'm not even against any, either of these individuals, you know, coming back on the show at some point, you know what I mean? But for now, this is where we're, we're taking the show and we're moving on. There's plenty, there's 
plenty of things to talk about. The thing that about Firmamental is it's never going to be about intentional deception or, ta- or taking somebody down the wrong path on purpose. You and me, we're very, I think we do a good job of being curious and asking questions and reflecting and even even in our daily lives, like you talk to a lot of people, and I talk to a lot of interesting people too. It's interesting when God comes through them, when when you hear those little gems, you know, when you when you when you have that experience, you get those goosebumps, and you 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 have those things. And I I want to continue to do that when we bring people on, like he, hear that message, like you know, shout out to Hillary. We just had Hillary on the show, and uh, you'll probably have listened to her episode before you listen to this, and. Um, she gave us she gave us a gift, you know, she spent time with us and she gave us a really good gift and the listeners will have a a, a good gift. And I, I think that's what Firmamental is all about, you know, getting getting amazing gifts from from God and, you know, coming through his his children. And uh, you know, I, I hope that I can keep doing a, a good a good job as well. You know. Yeah. No, you're doing a tremendous job and and honestly, man. There was a lot of wisdom in the things that you told me over our conversations for the last couple of days. And I take heed to what you're saying and you're right, man. Like I don't need to engage with, with trolls. Now I'm not saying not engage with, with listeners, emails or questions or requests, because we want to continue to engage with you guys. We want you guys using the speak pipe message system. We want you guys, you know, texting Alex and Claude and myself and, and, uh, we love engaging and bringing you guys the content that you want. We plan to grow this podcast where we're even doing video streaming and maybe even who knows one day having live call-in shows like there's so many different avenues that we could take this podcast down but i don't want to stay stuck in a rut i'm not getting stuck in a rut and you know mandela effect is not the only thing that's happening in this world there's crazy things happening in this world and um you know i was like you said i was really glad that uh you know i think snake was a good was was a good change of speed from those episodes to have snake and that was just like two buddies having a conversation and uh you guys are going to be really blessed uh when you go and hear hillary's episode and if by the time you hear this one you'd already heard that one i mean what a beautiful and powerful testimony of just somebody's life experiences and somebody who's been on the brink of of, of death and destruction and uh, a story of true redemption and how God can powerfully work in somebody's life. And, and, uh, it was beautiful. And, and that's the things that I want to bring the content that I want to bring you guys. Uh, I want to bring things that, that can let's help each other out. Let's not kick each other down. I'm not trying to kick anybody down, you know? Um, but at the same time, you know, that's, that's just real life. That's just how life is. Even being a member of a church, the, the church is made up with real people. You know, your family is made up with real people. It's not all, uh, it's, it's not all, uh, you know, ice cream, you know, cake and sunny days. You know what I mean? It's, yep. there's, uh, there's thunderstorms, lightning storms and, 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 and shit pies being thrown at you in life. And sometimes, uh, we get hurt by the people that we love the most. And sometimes we have disagree agreements and differences. It doesn't mean that we have to be splintered apart as a community like um we don't hey dude we're the church can't agree on everything your family can't agree on everything what makes you think the truth community is going to agree on everything we're just trying to sift through everything and make the most sense that we can for ourselves that's all we're doing here folks that's it and that's all i have to say 
I think that, that other than that, man, this one's a wrap, dude. Go ahead, Alex. And last thoughts. I just want to say uh, thanks for letting me battle with you. Yeah. Oh, and, and hey, man, uh, I'm going to ask Claude. I, I, I think what Claude should do too, because I know he had something to say about this. So uh, we'll probably have Claude record a little audio that he could attach uh, to the backside of this episode, and then you'll hear the music fade out. But uh, Claude, go ahead and, and, and just chime in on this because you're an intricate member of the team. You know, you're uh, not Illuminati triangle, but you know what I mean? There's three of us, so we make up that, we make up a triangle of brotherhood right here. <laughs> not Noah Colt uh, ties to that. But, uh, you know, you're the you're the third part of the triangle. And uh, I think the listeners need to hear how you felt about how this all played out. So just record a little something attached to this episode. And until next time, folks, protect your dome. We'll see you next time. Well, hello from our mentalists. I'm uh, pulling a little bit of a Raul there. But um, yes, this is Claude. This is my take on the situation with John Kerwin. The situation uh, kind of unfolded in a very, how would you say, negative situation, which I very much dislike. Currently in the church that I'm going to, there is a similar situation going on, and I'm not happy about that either. And it's not similar in the sense that it's uh, someone preaching what some have called heresy, which I don't necessarily agree with. It's, it is a bit, in my opinion, a bit of heresy, but not exactly in the way that most people would attribute heresy. So I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to try and stay as unbiased as possible, even though, like Raul said, I have some, what would you call, what would he say? What he said is strong beliefs. Now, my my beliefs reign on that the Bible is true in everything that it says, no matter what. And that stems from the verse in Hebrews that says that the Bible was inspired, God-breathed by holy men of God. So, to say that the Bible is being changed by the devil seems to be, to me, a bit disingenuous. Simply because I see no verses in Scripture that say, and, and in, in my opinion, Scripture and the Word are inseparable. We can throw out a phrase, or we can throw out something that says that they are separable and that they are divorced from each other, but I don't see that being the case scripturally or biblically, whatever phrase you want to use. I don't see anything in the Bible that actually says that they are separable. So for that reason, I'm going to say that they are inseparable. Now, moving along, I don't really like the way that it turned out. I'm very let down with the way that things turned out, very let down with the attitude that John Kerwin had displayed in his messaging towards Raul. Now, I understand because one of my guiding principles that I live my life by is that you must seek first to understand and then to be understood. And I believe that is one of the seven habits of highly respected people. I believe it's from that book, but I'm not sure if anyone knows, please go ahead and comment that either on um, Spotify or somehow. But either way, if I'm seeking to understand first, then I can understand specifically how John Kerwin can feel like he was attacked by Scipio's response. Now, I don't believe that Scipio's response to his message was an attack. I don't believe it was an attack simply because of the word usage that Scipio was using 
and the heart that it was coming from. So for that reason, I believe that it was handled by John Kerwin in a less than honorable way. And I'm trying to be as as impartial in my speech and I'm trying to be as kind in the word choice that I use here. That's why there's a few pauses in my speech here. So that way I don't come across as being partial. I very much dislike partiality and biased comments or commentary. But be that as it may, I side with Scipio on this argument in the sense that the Bible cannot change because God promised in multiple passages that the Bible cannot change. So for that reason, I don't see any evidence in scripture that states the opposite or otherwise. Excuse me, I'm actually outside on my porch recording this at one o'clock in the morning because I don't have a life. (laughs) So moving along with this, I want to actually give a response to John Kerwin myself. And this is a response that I actually gave to Raul when all the heat was coming down from John Kerwin using heat as however you want. I'm using it as, I mean, however you want to take it. That's how I'm using it. So I'd like to make this argument to John Kerwin. The question was, at least the question as far as I can remember it is, how do you explain all of these people misremembering things? How do you explain the multiplicity of people that he has interviewed as having a terrible memory? Because that is one of the biggest red flags that he sees, is that you can't say that so many people are misremembering because at that point you're insulting everyone's intelligence. And the analogies that he gave, in my opinion, were non-starters for this reason. You can give people the question. Spatial memory is different than um, memory that goes towards uh, the written word. And that is easily, easily referenced by this. And I'm going to let everyone that is a fermentalist go ahead and practice this with me. Go ahead and try and bring into your memory the first home that you lived in as a child. And with vivid detail, you can come in, you can come up with any home. I mean, I moved over, I moved over seven times in seven years, and no, I believe it's ten years in the state of Missouri where I was being raised. And I can remember every single home that I lived in for I mean with with great detail from the entryway being you know the, the patio into the foyer foyer you can call it that foyer however you pronounce it into the bedrooms the kitchen anything of that nature now when I say foyer I don't mean like there's some grand entrance I I, I grew up poor so I didn't have any grand entrances but just where you kick off your shoes after a long day's work for my dad and for us after cleaning up the yard but I can remember everything but when you ask me what I ate for breakfast yesterday, I'm all thumbs. Like it's, memory works differently in different regards. So when you come down to saying, well, you memorized a specific verse and you're a theologian, you should be learning the book and know it front and back and understand things differently. His, his analogy was made as a doctor or an electrician. You should know things with pinpoint accuracy. The only problem that I see with the logic there is that 
phraseology for bones and bone structure does not change. We have the words for specific bones going back to ancient Greece, and those don't change. You don't have a different word for femur in the English language. You have leg bone, but there's multiple bones in the leg. You have calf bone, thigh bone, you could say. But as far as medical jargon goes, you don't have different words for that. But because of the multiple translations that have come out, you have different words that are used for different things in different verses. So you saying that someone that is, let's just say, 80 years old, you've interviewed or questioned 30 people. Let's just give an example, a random number here. I'm not sure the exact number of people that are of that age range. I don't know if his data set actually has the age range of people that he's uh, interviewed because I haven't looked into it that far. But let's just give benefit of the doubt and say over 300 people that were 80 years old were interviewed. The problem is that new translations came out as early as the 1960s and even, I believe, 40s new translations of the Bible based on different Greek texts, Greek and Hebrew texts came out as early as that point. So anyone that we're interviewing has a memory that serves them based on what the leadership in their church decided to use as far as the Bible translations. So you have different words used in different verses that are being misremembered because of the influence by outside forces. Now we can say that these people have their memory, I don't know, messed with, but I don't see that as being a supernatural event as much as a influence by outside forces. So in the end, because I can go a little bit deeper into this and I don't feel like I need to, but I want to give an answer to John Kerwin as to how so many people can be misremembering. And I'll give the example that is stated explicitly in the Bible. And this example can be found in two different places, but I'm going to read from Second Chronicles chapter 18, verses 19 through 21, and this is in the King James. It says, And the Lord said, Who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one spoke after this manner, and another saying after that manner. And there came out a spirit, and stood before the Lord, and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go out, and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, Thou shalt entice him, and thou shalt also prevail. Go out, and do even so. This is divine ordinance, not allowance. This is God divinely ordaining a spirit to go and lie in the mouth of all of a King Ahab's prophets. Now, he had 400. 400 different prophets that told him, you're going to win this battle. But one prophet came forth with the truth and said, you're not going to win this battle. You are going to lose. But the Lord allowed, not just allowed, but ordained that 400 of King Ahab's prophets would come forth with the wrong answer, a lie. That is supernatural intervention. That is biblical precedence for the Lord allowing a lie to be implanted in the minds of 400 prophets of the Lord will say. Now, you may ask, why? Why did the Lord allow this to happen? Well, I have an answer for that too. And that comes from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. And it says, And then, oh, excuse me, and then shall that wicked be revealed, 
whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the work of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned, excuse me, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, I'm not trying to pronounce anything against Mr. Kerwin here, but the Bible is doing that for me. The Bible is giving me the, and I'm going to use these words because these are the words that I used in the past, and these are the words that the Bible uses. Well, these are the words that I use that the Bible can be your, the Bible can be your science book and it can be your psychology book and your religious guidepost. And in the psychology reference, you can find the disease based on the symptoms. And if the symptoms show someone who receives not the love of the truth, that's the disease, excuse me, that's the disease. They receive not the love of the truth. Well, what's the symptoms? Well, they believe a lie and that lie was given to them by the Lord. Imagine having a lie given to you that is so strong that you can't break out of it and it's because of your own choosing. And imagine that lie came from the Lord. You are not going to waver in your belief in that lie because the Lord made it so good by one of his spirits that you would take action on it. I want to finish this off with two statements, one being another verse. That's from Titus 1 or chapter 1 verses 15 through 16. And it says, Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. I'm not trying to pronounce anything against John Kerwin here. But if we're going back to that same reference that I'm using, this is me, this is my own opinion here, and I'm quite literally doxing myself in my own beliefs. So this is just, I mean, this, this is Claude. I mean, if you wanted to know anything more about Claude, just know I'm a staunch Bible believer and we'll leave it at that. But as a final statement, and I'll close it out with this. Our final statement is, there's a chance that one of us is wrong. Myself, Scipio, anyone who ascribes to our beliefs, or John Kerwin and anyone that ascribes to his beliefs. I'm going to say that if God is the one giving out this strong delusion, one of us needs to have a reference point for our beliefs. And if your reference point is the fallibility of human memory in given situations, then one of us is wrong, and I'm assuming it's the one who puts their faith in the fallibility of human memory versus the ones who put their beliefs and their faith in the written word of God that is wholly inspired and divinely inspired by God himself. With that, I'll let everyone go and do just like Raul said and say peace. Peace.